Hey guys, WFAN, the kid here, and today I'm going to be doing a podcast on the New York Rangers. So, right now, thus far into the season for the Rangers, they have a record of 33-15-9. 75 points, and they're third in the Metro Division. Um, there is about, what, 25-30 games to go in the NHL season. It's definitely a time where you think about playoffs, uh, some trades to make before the deadline, and kind of final tweaks that you need to make that will determine whether you're contenders, the championship sellers, and just trying to trade away your better players, get some assets for the future, or there's kind of a median. I'd say the Rangers are closest to the contender category right now. They are in the top six teams in the NHL in terms of total points right now. So definitely up there. And a team that I think could contend for the Cup. They just had a really, really awesome seven-game winning streak right after the uh, All-Star break, too. So very nice to win right after a break like that. And all good things must come to an end. So it was snapped Saturday when we lost to Calgary in overtime. Uh, within the first two minutes in that game, we were down 2 nothing. tried to come back again, but just fell a little bit short in the overtime, which actually has been a struggle this year for the Rangers. Nine losses in overtime. That That is an area that I do think they could do a little bit better in the overtime period. But anyway, uh, the next game after that, the most recent game, was Monday night. Uh, I did go to this game. I have winter break right now, so it was a fun thing to do. And again, the Rangers had a rough first period. They fell down early, 2 to nothing. The different thing about this game is the Rangers were controlling this game. The most recent game they had against the Jets is a game that the Rangers should have won. They outshot Winnipeg 51 to, I think it was 21. They outshot them by... 30 goals here. I mean, 30 shots here. Which is crazy. And when you're doing that, you have no excuse to not beat your opponent. I guess Shesterkin was kind of off his game. Some stops that he'd usually get, he did not make that night. I mean, he was beaten off an insane backhander at the end that kind of iced the game. There was an earlier goal where the defense wasn't helping him. He made a uh, good initial save with the blocker, and then I think it was Kyle Connor on the second effort put it in to Igor's left. So just little things that Igor needs to improve on. And as for the offense, I think they're doing really well. I mean, to get 51 shots on goal in a game is awesome. We had the puck in the O-zone for a lot. Just, Just convert, I guess. I mean... I'm not going to complain too much, but when you have 51 shots, all I know is you got to have more than one goal on the scoreboard. And that'll bring me to the next subject that I briefly touched upon, Igor Shesterkin. He, of course, had the crazy year last year where he won the Vezina Trophy. He was... um, close to winning the MVP. I think he finished third overall in the voting for the league's MVP. 
But this season has not been the same for Igor Shosturkin. You kind of got that feeling in the first half of the year, and now what we've seen for him after the All-Star break has kind of reaffirmed those thoughts. Last year, giving up four goals uh, game after game after game and just these high numbers, you're not used to him seeing that. Uh, the, the goals against average isn't what it used to be. And some of the insane saves that he would make last year, like almost a contortionist, he would completely dive and make these impossible saves, athletic glove saves. It's it's kind of like a shadow, almost, of what last season was for Igor Shosturk. And that's something he's going to need to fix, because we need him to play like the beast he was last year, if we have any hopes of being in the top two in the Metro and having a home playoff series to start out with. We still do trail the Devils by four points, and the Canes we trail by nine points, and they have a game in hand. The one bad thing about that seven-game winning streak for the Rangers is the, the, the Hurricanes were also winning while we were winning, so even though we were playing insane, we did not make any ground for the lead in the Metro, unfortunately. That's the way it is, though. One of the, probably the toughest division in all of hockey that we play in. And his counterpart, his backup, Yaroslav Halak. He's our backup goalie. You know, at the beginning of the year, it was horrible. I was wondering why we didn't call up Louis Domingue. I think it took him six or seven games, something like that, to get his first New York Ranger win. But after he got it, he was lights out. He had seven consecutive wins before he lost to Calgary this Saturday. And even though he did lose to Calgary this Saturday, he had a really good game. He gave up the first two shots that he faced, and then he went on to save, like, the next 30. So that shows that even if he's down early and beaten, he can come back and put together this really impressive performance, which I think is very important quality for the goalie to have just because you have a horrible start doesn't mean that you can't perform to a level to make it better later in the game and if you I also pulled up the stats between Igor and Halak and they were a lot closer than I thought Halak stats is 2.64 goals against average 0.907 save percentage for Shesterkin goals against average 2.59 as to the 2.64 from Halak, very close. And the save percentage also just five hundredths of a percent better, nine, uh, 0.912 for Shesterkin, 0.907 for Halak. And, yeah, it's just not been the same Igor, unfortunately. But I have faith that he can get himself together here. We had a nice couple of days off in between the last game, so hopefully he comes out and performs well tonight against the Red Wings. We do, that is our next game coming up in a couple hours. And, of course, another big thing is the trade deadline closely and fastly approaching. The trade deadline, in case any of you don't have the exact date, is March 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, which would be 2 Central, 12 Pacific, there is one huge move that has been rumored since the summer, honestly, since the early fall, the late summer, and I'm, of course, talking about Patrick Kane 
being a New York Ranger. We have seen Drury pull out some impressive moves. There was the Tarasenko trade. And, of course, more recently this past weekend, we also did acquire Tyler Mott, who uh, had a brief stint with us last season. Good trades, especially the Tarasenko trade. Really solid trades. I think the Rangers won both of them. And I'll get into the details of those a little more in a bit. But Patrick Kane, it feels like he could be that final missing piece to the puzzle for the Rangers. A vet forward like him could just bring a new dimension to the an already strong Rangers offense. He's won multiple Stanley Cups. A veteran, one of the best ever American-born hockey players. Someone that knows the game so well and... He shines in the spotlight when Chicago was a dynasty team, even though he's fallen off since then. He was always the ringleader. He was the guy that you depended for for a big goal, for a big shot, for a big play, a big assist. He is the guy, and I think he could be huge for the Rangers. And if the Rangers can find a deal to get him, they should. Some of the critics say that, well, why would you get Patrick Kane? You already got a right winger in uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. But, I mean, that does not mean that you can't have Tarasenko. It's like saying, well, here's your bread. You have the best bread in the world, but you can't have the butter. Why the hell not? I mean, you should be allowed to have both, the best of both worlds. I think that they could each individually do great things, even if they're not like on the same line. I think it's it's a no-brainer in my opinion if I was Drury. If you can get him, give up the picks, give up a few young talented players. I will say don't oversell. We have a very bright future. We're a young team with a bright future. So if they want like the majority of the good young players we have, you, you got to put your foot down. But if there is a fair way to get Patrick Kane, I would love to see him as a Ranger. And like I was saying, the moves that Drury has made so far is the Tarasenko trade, which Rangers got Vladimir Tarasenko, along with Nico Mikola. And we sent to the Blues Sammy Blay, um, Hunter Skinner, the defensive prospect, as well as two picks, a 2023 conditional first-rounder and a 2024 fourth-round pick. And I don't think there's any debate about who won this trade. Rangers won this trade. Tarasenko already has a couple of goals, some assists for the Rangers. And I think as we draw closer to the playoffs, he'll continue to uh, get points, get goals, assists, do what he does. As for the Blues who are doing this trade, they've had a down year and it was it was a move they had to make for their future. And the other trade was Mott. Love to see Motter back with the Rangers. Uh, he had a couple playoff goals for us last year. Mm. And it's not his nowhere near as huge of an acquisition as Tarasenko, but I still think he's an important piece. Someone that is familiar with the coaching staff, familiar with some of the players, because he was just with us last season. So I'm in favor of this move. To get him, the Rangers gave up Julian Gauthier, and we also gave up a pick. And I also do want to compare the stats of Gauthier and Mott. I mean, they each have 
this season, looking at this season's stats, Mott has three goals, six assists so far in the 38 games he's played. Gautier played 41 games, six goals, three assists. So they have the same amount of points, I think. They're two pretty even players. Gautier a little bit younger, and I like it, though. Mott, a little bit more of a vet, a little bit more experience, and like I said, has some experience with the Rangers organization. And yeah, I mean, we are getting down the stretch in the NHL season. Very exciting time. About two months. Wait, let me see. We're at the end of February. Go to the beginning of April. Less, okay, less than two months of games to go before the playoffs. And the Rangers do have a pretty tough schedule ahead of themselves. Um, we still have to play the Devils. We have to play the Bruins, the Lightning. Two games against the Hurricanes. So, so far, we've won both head-to-head matchups against the Hurricanes. So, would be nice if we could win the season series against the Canes. That that would be really cool. And in terms of the playoff picture, of course, what I would love for the Rangers to do, and what all Rangers fans would love, is for them to go on another crazy run, build up some streaks here at the end and take home the Metro title but unfortunately I don't think that's what's going to happen I I just I can't see us catching the Canes I think they're gonna win the Metro again go back to back I would think a reasonable goal is second place in the Metro where four uh, four points behind the Devils both played uh, the same number of games and I think that's a reasonable team to catch even if we do wind up playing the Devils in the first round, which is looking extremely likely. I want that to be a home advantage for the Rangers. I would want us to be hosting the majority of the games, should it go to seven games. And yeah, that about wraps up this podcast. A lot of things to look forward to in hockey. Trade deadline, just about a week away. So definitely keep an eye on that. Patrick Kane to the Rangers, keeping my fingers crossed for that. And yeah, let's go Rangers. Alright guys, thanks for listening. As always, I'm WFA and the Kid. Have a great rest of your day.